Don't make me turn this podcast around. You're listening to the Reno Dads podcast. We're dads talking about dad stuff. We're doing the dad thing in the biggest little city in the world, Reno, Nevada. But we're talking about things that all dads and parents can relate to. We'll share fatherly war stories, discuss manly things, and even get into the tender moments of fatherhood. We want you to be a part of the conversation, so join us and listen in. Oh, and be warned, dad jokes ahead. All right, welcome back to the next episode here of the Reno Dads podcast. Got a couple of regulars in here. Well, have, I guess I would say regular, but you guys haven't been in in a while. I'm very irregular. You are. Well, you know, that's a you thing. It is. <laughs> Jake is here. Hang my hat on it. Jake is here and Dave. David's here. So we were going to talk about what? Travel tips was one of yours, David, that you did not too long ago. Well, we did a while ago. That was one that's been out for a while. Yeah, it was actually one of our early articles, I think back in 2017, right. uh, travel tips from one of my um, CIA colleagues, him and I put our heads together and like, let's write a article from the CIA training, all the stuff that we think about every day that parents should think about because it's really good travel tips. Yeah. So that was put, a good one. I think we got a lot of, um, a lot of uh, traffic on that one. It's I'm pretty uh, sure, yeah. one of the all time highest um, yeah. visited posts. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely link to it again because everybody should read it. Um, what about you, Jake? What are you What are you talking about for travel? I think we were going to... Well, I'm also doing an article, so you can see this in print if you want, if you're not an audio person. And if you are an audio person, because you obviously are if you're listening to this, then uh, go read it also. And uh, I'm going to be writing about... I have two young kids, four and two at the moment, or at the moment of recording. And we just completed a, another trip back to South Dakota with my wife's family. And there's some some stuff we learned over the last couple of years about how to ease the the shock of trying to make flights and so forth right yeah we, we also we, we that wasn't yours who was the one who did the blowout the mile high blowout scott that was scott i love that article scott oxford oh my gosh yeah that one's a that's a classic that one we should we should definitely frame that one and yeah yeah it really is any <laughs> all i wanted who, was cheese it's <laughs> any parent who travels enough and travels long enough it's, it's gonna, gonna happen. That. It's like, gonna happen. I've dealt with that personally, and it's, it's a different kind of mile high club. Mile high yeah, club. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> so, Jake, what's the what's the gist of yours? What have you learned? I think that where I where I'm teeing this off is the idea that the the savvy traveler tries to shorten the the route, right? And tries to squeeze in layovers and uh, maximize air travel because it, it's the most expeditious way. But um, that doesn't work for families. It, it certainly doesn't work for families with little children because when you're in the air, um, you you are confined, and the the changing station in the in the bathroom is not conducive to um, too many uh, you know moving parts and, and uh, bodies, large bodies especially. I'm I'm six one and two hundred something pounds, <laughs> uh, so you know trying to change a, a an infant in the the little tiny stall in the moving aircraft especially if you're encountering turbulence or or just normal you know shaking is very very challenging so what i was recommending is you go shorter in the air which is totally counterintuitive uh you know multiple stops and then uh longer time than between your stops because you don't the last thing you want is like 20 minutes to disembark go find your plane and then like try to shove food down your toddler's throat and change diapers and uh still make uh, the boarding call. I think I think that makes sense, like logically, 
But I'm, now I'm through the worst of all of that. You have toddlers, so you're you're in the worst of it. I mean, traveling with toddler. I mean, when you have an infant in your lap, it can be challenging. But with a toddler, I mean, I I remember those days. And once you're through them, and you can put the backpack on their own, and they can do some things. It's a little bit different. You know, they start to be like little travelers, and if you've traveled enough, they kind of learn how to do it. I just remember I was telling you this right before we started. I we had Eleanor in the Phoenix airport on her hands and knees shrieking at the top of her lungs and we were that family and we almost missed our flight and people were like oh yeah they're going to not let you back in this airport ever again i mean we still tell that story i mean she's she's going off to college right i mean we still talk about like uh, i don't think we should fly through phoenix they might not like us there so that was us in the chicago airport <laughs> with elijah less than a year ago about maybe a year ago um, where he was shrieking on the flight on the way down to um, where were we going florida and I, give me my blanket, give me my blanket. And at the top of his lungs for a good solid 15 minutes on the descent and people are eyeballing us and I'm folding my arms, you know, cause I pitch myself on this consistency stuff and parenting. And it's like, if I give in, I'm yeah, just giving it. the you, keys yeah. over to the car <laughs> and he's going to think that he could just throw a tantrum every time. And eventually it worked. He, he, he gave I'm, in. I'm so much more tolerant now. And I fly a lot for work. Like I have now you know, picked up a, this new gig, and so I'm like flying a ton. I'm so much more tolerant of those parents because and that family because I've I, been that person. Mm -hmm. I wish I could grab some of those parents though and tell them to relax just a bit. Yeah, I I fly right. at least once a week, so I fly. You do, and you've flown a, a lot time. internationally historically oh, too. Kids have been to over a dozen countries. Did, um, yeah. weren't you saying that at one point Camden, your oldest, was had flown like? 39 flights internationally or something before, before he, he was, was like 18 months wow. that's crazy that's legs different legs yeah so yeah. of course when you're in middle east or north africa it's a leg to get to your next stop in europe and then from there it's an you know, yeah. total ups jumping. and downs and ear popping i mean yeah. that's that's crazy and yeah. it well it probably conditioned them well my kids travel super easy but i think kind of to your point about um time i'm not I never concerned myself with layovers or um, amount of time in the air because when we travel, we're traveling a long distance and mm. that stuff just adds into a 15 to 17 hour day, right? Just to get to where we're headed. So I never worry too much about that part. Right. My The first thing I wrote on my little notes here, um, the most important thing that my wife and I go over whenever we travel is allowing time. It's that getting to the airport we get to mm -hmm. the airport with so much time even though when i travel each week i get to the airport and walk onto the plane like, yeah, yeah literally they're calling my yeah. name and i'm in tsa and i'm like yeah we're good yeah you know but when we're traveling with the kids we get there early we make sure that everything that can go wrong will go wrong especially with regards to things out of your control the right. people in front of you taking forever because their luggage is overweight and they have to shift things. Like there's a million reasons that'll stop you from getting to your plane. But if you get there early, you don't have to worry about it. Right. Like all that stuff. And it puts, it makes you so chill to know we have plenty of time. We could well, sit here certainly and deal for with the parents, and, and And definitely it sounds like you guys, um, and, and I know you do this, you know, give the kids some, sort of ownership in it too like they have to have they i mean i remember thinking like you have to pack your bag and you have to do these things and we you, you obviously have to check it when they're really young but as they start to get older i mean we're we have three different stages here which is actually something that sort of happened i guess organically we didn't even think about it but like i have these teenagers who like i you know i went on my road trip with them for 
spring break. I mean, it was epic. We just got in the car like, hey, where are we staying tonight? You know, and, awesome. and and like it was pretty cool because they could drive and they did most of the driving for this like crazy crazy road trip that we went I across. Want teenagers. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, okay. so How that's a I different kind of travel. That's a, that. So and now you've got Jake here with like the infant, well, infant and you know toddler travel, travel, and then of course you know you've got like younger kids. My but, like, kids are yeah. nine and six, and now. but they know what they're doing, right? I mean, you give them a task and they, they have do their it. own stuff. Yeah. Um, but they also have the privilege of traveling a lot and not just easy travel. We don't just fly down to um la right. right it's a complicated travel that entails lots of stops lots of countries lots of patients because you got to go through customs um immigration all those things you are in this regimented system that's not built for kids it's not mm-hmm. built for any crisis that your kids may have whether it's got to go to the bathroom got to eat and that's where i talk yeah, about we're still swabbing down the milk <laughs> yeah and that's where i talk about that part of the time it's planned for everything that's out of your control um so you're never panicked you're always just i swear like we'll walk through airports just chill because we have time you know yeah. um in fact everything usually goes according to plan and then we're just sitting there for like an hour, just like, oh my god! I love that. Though. Double that's, guessing. That's great. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm I'm learning because you know I've yet to tackle the international travel with my kids, and um, I like I like hearing that because it's it's encouraging and it, it speaks to like the distress tolerance part of what I do for a living, and teaching people how to navigate their emotions and notice when they're getting flared and like how to how to compensate for that. But you could there's a lot you can do in advance to prevent that from happening and it simply involves your better planning so if you can if you can plan of course that helps you know plan bigger gaps and just but then mentally align your expectations to that reality and just say look i'm i'm in it for today and it's not i have to be there by noon you know <laughs> like it's yeah. it's not a thing like yeah. we'll get there when we get there so one thing my wife says she says don't call it a vacation call it a trip because a vacation mm. is mm-hmm supposed to be relaxing a vacation is sort of self-indulgent right this is all about you Mm. and oh i don't know about that i'm I'm not sure we used to say as soon as we got like in the car or like we were on maybe even in the airport like at one point we'd be look at each other and be like we're on vacation like now maybe it's just because maybe it was when we got to the plane and you never had a mile high blowout that's uh, part got, of the trip. Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess. I'd my, rather my, have my, a my, I just would. I just. Yeah. And then dealing with crying kids in a. Yeah, I just remember always looking at each other like on the plane and like with the kids or whatever, and be like, "Yeah, we're on vacation. Like it's time." That's cool. It sets the tone, though. Yeah. You know, like it. It, it says, "All right, from this point forward." We're relaxed. We got nothing to worry about. Yeah, gonna try to try to like disconnect from work too, because I think that's the other thing. I mean, that our Huge. kids have to have to really see is that you can disconnect. I mean, that's one yeah. thing that I I, I I don't know. I mean, I, I think <laughs> My it's... My work goes with me. I, well, I know. I mean, and I it think can. it's different. It can. I it think, can. Yeah. yeah. But also, if the, the world's not going to end if you just turn off your phone. Yeah. And I know that we have different, you know, responsibilities and, and people have different um, expectations placed upon them by their employers. And yet, I think that's probably a, a small reflection of what's troubling about society these days is that we as adults raising these children somehow have this belief in our heads that we can't turn off work and it's like no you can and you should and you must under certain circumstances because if you get hit by a bus 
guess what? Your work's turning off. So if you don't have some redundancies built in there, you're toast anyway. So you might as well just build them in, plan for it, and then actually be present for the, the relaxing time yeah. that you're showing your kids. I mean, I was really fortunate because when I did that spring break this last spring with the kids, I was sort of on a little sabbatical and I was taking some time off. It was great. Like, it was totally time oh, yeah. and present for and them. And I don't mean not relax. I just yeah. mean change your focus on what's going to trigger your yeah. emotions, right? Yeah, right? So if you're sure. thinking, I'm supposed to have this perfect relaxing vacation where everything goes right, you're not in the right mindset when things go wrong. So Correct. if you're oh, on a sure. trip, oh, dude, trust me, I relax when I go on vacation. Yeah. I love it. But however, we are conscious of the fact that this is a trip. We're here to experience things and not even the things we planned, but the things we didn't plan. Right. You know, I have some great stories about a flat tire in the middle of England, um, you know, in the middle yeah. of the night. And it's, I can't remember what we did that day on our planned vacation. Yeah. Like the best experience right. was what happened in that quasi moment of right. crisis. Right. And that was the memorable, memorable part of that day. I think it's all about expectations. I mean, this mm -hmm. is something that Jake, you talk a lot about. I know because it's uh, whatever your expectations are, uh, if they don't get met, then you can, you know, meet with disappointment. You can have a lot of frustration. You can get upset. Well, and ultimately how much you spend thinking and living in that time is up to you. So a uh, flat tire can either be a catastrophe or an adventure, depending on what you choose in that moment. And I, I say choose with great intentionality, because if you're aware of what's going on within your body and, and know how to respond to it, you do get to choose. You can actually absolutely feel that uh, that disappointment and be like, oh, man, this is this is not what we planned. This is a bummer. Okay, guys, now what do we make of it? Okay, go pick flowers in the field. Go explore but the brewery. That's the exactly it. It's right. finding... I don't think crisis. I've lived through actual crises, you know, where yeah. I had to abandon my house, going right? And, bombs yeah. going off, crazy stuff. Flat tire's not one of them. And and it wasn't even mine. It was my in-law's car, and we were way ahead of them. Had no idea where they're at, you know. I eventually was able to find them, but they their tire went flat in front of this house in this neighborhood, and the people who lived in the house that they're in front of came out and they're like, Hey, can we help you out? And they helped us out. And we went in their house and hung out with them. That's awesome. And that's, that's the great. crazy small world that we live in. They had this um, little sign made by this store potlatch in incline. No, and they're way. like, oh, yeah, no we're way. just in incline what? last uh, winter. And uh, my in-laws are like, yeah, we live in incline. That's Insane. so small of a world. And, yeah. yeah. You know, we turned it into an incredible experience right. made a friend and different mindset if you let that ruin your day man like totally. your whole vacation's wrecked well, yeah. well then you miss the opportunity to connect with that family that helps you out and make the make the connection to incline for those of you who might not be familiar if you're listening outside the reno area incline village is up in lake tahoe and dave's in-laws live in incline yeah. village so it's like it's like 40 <laughs> Thanks, minutes Jake. from reno <laughs> So it's funny because when I, I keep going back to this um, spring break trip, we I planned only the first two days where we were going to stay and one other stop on the trip. So we had like 10 days on the road. I literally would get in the car in the morning and be like, OK, I think we're going to end up in San Antonio tonight. Let me see where we can stay. And if it did, if that wasn't going to work, like we were going to be flexible enough and we get in the we get on the road, we have breakfast. I mean, it was it was like a like this epic road trip but it, because and i've read this too like if you allow yourself some flexibility on a trip on a vacation 
where you can where you can do that if you don't have to plan every moment that's another reason why you can enjoy it because then you can like take advantage of these things that do present themselves with you know just sort of the randomness of going on vacation or going into new places there's an ancient chinese uh writer i don't know if you'd call him a writer or one book but what he wrote was uh called uh the Tao Te Ching it's T A O T E Ching yeah the Tao Te Ching and his name's Lao Tzu, and very little is known about this man, but one of the things that he wrote in this book was the wise traveler has no fixed plans. So it's not that you don't have plans, you don't have fixed plans, because right. fixed plans tend to frustrate you. And I think what you illustrated there was perfect. It's like you, you have this, you, you don't just start driving, you drive to San Antonio. Right. But if El Paso strikes your fancy, stay there and check it out for a little while. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, exactly, and we... We did that, and it was just super chill the whole way, and we just enjoyed every moment that we could find places. And we wanted to spend more time in one place, and we didn't get to do that. That was, you know, okay. We didn't get to see as much of Houston or whatever, but we got to see some great places along the way. And I definitely recommend that sort of approach if you can make it work where you can plan just enough of it so you feel like, oh, I have some milestones, but I'm not, like, totally rigidly, you know, mm-hmm. locked into something. And I feel like when I watch on Facebook, people who go on vacation, it's very regimented. You know, it's day gotta, one, day two, yeah. day yeah. three. And yeah. uh, whether it's that way by the way they post, yeah. you know, or whether it's right. that way by design. Um, and I know things like Disney, like throwing on Disneyland trip, throwing on the uh, other trips, you know, all yeah. the different um, universal or theme parks. That's what I'm right. looking for. Right. You know, it's very regimented. And it doesn't allow... For some of that but when you buy tickets at the prices you buy tickets you sort of are stuck in that but i'm you a huge fan as much of, in as possible yeah everywhere we've ever been overseas it's we either plan the night you know there's the general list of i would love to go see this i'd love to go mm-hmm. see this mm-hmm. um but you have to be so um lax on that schedule because yeah if it's raining you're what's not your gonna um that. jake what's your well you've only had a, how many trips have you taken with the kids now i mean what would you um i don't know it, counting car rides to see grandparents and you know across my my dad's mom lives across the state in uh, west wendover and uh, we've gone to san francisco a couple times we're going again in a couple of days here to watch a giants game i would say more than a dozen yeah so i mean not as many as dave for sure right but probably a good three to four a year so far that's good which is what everybody that's about the average for everybody. you should you should target that i think it's a, it's a reasonable expectation to take a take a trip every three to four months to reset the system well and i will say this as they get older and you get into school age you get a little bit more locked into when you can do right. that so that's another thing that happens that's a little bit you know you you kind of have to like eh, ish. Yeah. You know, david's yeah. like ish i don't know i Sometimes. took my kids out of school to play in a baseball tournament last week and i'm the worst dad in the world last week i don't think July, they'll say they that. were in school yeah in because July? our school district's awesome and my school's overcrowded so they're year-round Wow, that's at least for another. Hey, two welcome weeks. to this is another growth story for the Northern Nevada <laughs> region. Yeah, wow. overcrowded hey, lots of schools. On this one, but... you know, yeah, you know, something that popped into my head too while we were talking about the work thing and disconnecting from work and so forth is something I've noticed about myself is so my uh, my schedule for the last couple of years has roughly been Mondays at home with the kids uh, while my wife works. Uh, Tuesday, Thursday, she's home with the kids while I work. And then Wednesday, Friday, they're with my parents. Sunday, they're with me. And then Saturday is uh, the, the family day. 
But Monday is a work day for everybody else. And that's my day that I'm supposed to be quote unquote off. And you can't see the air quotes because it's audio, but I put air quotes up and I'm off on, on Mondays, but the, the emails keep pinging. And I found myself over the last three years or so really being, uh, emotionally drawn into work, uh, the frustrations, the aggravations, the, uh, the demands on my time when, uh, you know, ostensibly everybody knew that I was off and they're still asking me, you know, text messages coming in. And where I found this really impacting me was I would start snapping at the boys and it was not their fault. It yeah. was, it was the, the damned email or it was, you know, my inability to separate or just turn it off and know that it would be there on Tuesday waiting me. And yes, Tuesday morning is going to suck if I have a you know pile of emails that I've neglected all day Monday, but uh, what's more valuable, the responsiveness to those people or not yelling at my kids and being short-tempered with them? And I think that if you're going on vacation and you're distracted by work and by things at home and th- things that ostensibly when you're on vacation you should be turning off because you're, you're going on vacation or you're going on a trip, um, those should be parked for a little while. I, I want people to be mindful of where their time and attention are drawn if, if you're already stressed out by trying to navigate a new city or the rental car, whatever it is, the airlines, uh, don't stack on top of it with things that you're trying to leave behind because ultimately you're, you're just in, ending up shortchanging your family. And there's another thing that I think comes into that too. If you go into these other cultures and you spend some time in Europe or you spend time in South America, wherever, they have a very different approach to work. <laughs> generally mm-hmm. which i mean obviously you know you can talk about the merits of all of these things but like there is a very much a very much you work to live so that you you work so that you can support the things right. that you want to do you don't live to work i mean it's not the other way around and so like i mean we can learn a few things from that and i will say with a, a little bit of you know time under my belt looking back on it like i i definitely think i i want to you know i, I want to do well at work i want to you know continue to provide for my family and do the thing and, and have enough to be able to go in on these great trips and do fun, you know, fun stuff with them um, and pay for college yeah. uh, and that sort of thing. <laughs> but I also think that it's important to, to, you know, prior, really what is the priority? I mean, I, everybody knows this is the family time, the, the time that you spend with your kids and the time that you're engaged with them. I mean, you get so much time with them, you know, because of the way you work too, David, I know. So it's, yeah, it's a good thing. I work thing. from home. So yeah, your Monday frustrations are yeah daily. Well, it's about but being present. Yeah, I don't have a uh, heavily taxing job on my time, so I don't right. really run into that a lot. Um, but sort of, it sort of actually goes back to that point where I was making, you're saying fall break, and these are such great times to take your kids out. And I'm actually on the train of thought. I don't look at the school schedule um, when I take my kids out of school to go on vacation because spending time in a generally for us it's a foreign country or a foreign place is generally speaking more valuable than sitting in a classroom you learning heretic. about those places right you heretic and wow the, you know what the child protective service is coming for you <laughs> the man. thought police are coming the thought also. police are coming oh, yeah. too trust me when we tell the teachers yeah we're we're leaving can we get our homework where are you going let's we're just leaving (laughs) but the idea is more spending time with the family like being able to disconnect from all our responsibilities and commitments um and putting your value into what's the point of education 
to educate, to learn, right? All these things. Well, and experiences and, are a part of the education. Yeah, and what's a part of most important part of family? You know, being together, experiencing things together, and that's why I generally don't look at the calendar too much. You know, we get a like. Less... I'm going to tell you when they get into high school, that's going to change. No, of course, yeah. but even then, yeah, um, yeah, there, I still don't draw the line on what's more important in my kid's life. You could always make up work, like. I can't tell you how many days of high school I missed um, just just to go to the movies or something like that. It stay in school, kids. But it, <laughs> we're but not it, encouraging you to drop it out. It doesn't to to like hell. I'll, actually, I'll go back to a school sanctioned missing school sports every Tuesday and Thursday. I was missing half my days yeah. for baseball practice, and I don't think sitting in a classroom necessarily. I mean, we're getting way off the topic here, but, That's all right. you know, I think things like missing school isn't the end all be all to um, your plans. So, yeah, if it worked out and it happened to be over a school break, I'm all for it. But I don't think that's off topic at all because it, it absolutely impacts if, if the listeners are hearing us say, I took my kids out of school to go on vacation because it was important to us and, you know, family matters and I'm going to teach them along the way and we're going to catch up with the, the, the check boxes of what needs to be accomplished in school, then at least there's food for thought because there may be people listening who are like, wow, I never, I never really considered that as an option because I myself was so indoctrinated with the idea that I must obey what the rules say I should do that now we're, we're at least saying, well, some of us maybe don't necessarily abide by those rules so stringently. And, and the flip side of that coin, too, is that when you're going out with intentionality, you're not just taking them out to go, you know, feed them sugar early <laughs> or whatever. It's like, I'm taking my kids out to go to Wild Waters. Like, I don't know how much education is there. Um, no knock on water parks, by the way. Why do we always have to qualify? But, don't qualify. But, just keep but going. It's but the it, intentionality. I think is. that is mm-hmm. a phenomenal point. It's taking them out for... With a purpose. Yeah, for a purpose. And it's not because they're throwing a tantrum and they don't like school. You know, saying, oh, I, I don't like school. I hate my teacher. Let's go on a vacation. That's that's bad intentionality. Yeah. And it also inverts the, the family dynamic where the kid's now running the show instead of the parents. Um, that blanket already, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the I think the idea bears merit that if you want to travel with your children and you have a good reason and it's you know family family above all else then you can articulate that reasonably and yeah. people will be understanding i i did i did uh, grab nate once from his elementary school to go and enjoy opening day for the nationals i am all for it yeah me it too. was and I, let me just tell you i went to go pick him up and it was a you know it was like i got him out of school early and there were like three other families all wearing their Nats caps. Everybody was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> we feel something coming on. And we're just like looking at each other like, yeah, we're just signing them out and we're heading right hey, down. Better, better, better. Yeah. And, so wing, better. And that's in my wife. Ferris and I, Bueller's Day. Oh. Yeah, we've had this conversation and now she's on she's on board with me because we talked about it and we talked about the merits of it. And she's like, I mean, we took our kids out, I think, in November to go somewhere and she's fine with it now and it's because we focus so much on what's the value of that experience when you're teaching Um, them along the way yeah and you know knock on wood our kids are doing decent in school so it's not like we have to stress about pulling them out at a critical juncture in their education it's they're still young they're doing just fine um like when i said i joked took them out for a baseball game and i'm or go play baseball and i realize how silly that sounds you know, growing up in a world where my parents never would have done that right. because 
that's you're right. We're indoctrinated to know kids have to be in school these well, hours. You, and your dad time. worked for the school district, so he was more or less tied to the school schedule anyway. Yeah, right? that. So you know, so, yeah. you know not everybody. There's in a that million reasons. Situation, yeah. but yeah. but even consciously taking him out, um, knowing he's missing school to go play a game. Mm-hmm. You know, a game that he's probably not even going to remember when he's our age, right? I don't remember any baseball games when I was nine. I do. I lost them all. It stung. Still does. You know, clearly. But but it was the experience and it was putting the value to the memory that I had with my son that day. Right. You know, and I think the same way on vacations when you're traveling with your kids. It's It's, such a phenomenal. It's funny now. I mean, I have asked um, my son to go on a. Like I, I can't remember what it was. I was like, "Oh, we'll we'll, we'll blast you out of school early." He's like, "Oh no, I gotta go to school. I can't miss school." I was like, "Yeah, I mean, he's definitely got more of a. I think. Uh, he, I mean, granted, in high school, it starts to feel a little bit more pressure. I think the kids do feel a little more pressure for that. So I think I, it's fine. But I've offered him, you know, on occasion, like, "Oh, I'll just, you know, we'll go and do something." But he did come to me the other day and said, "I, I think we want to do. I want to do another one of those road trips." I'm like, "All right, this is this is a good thing. So maybe yeah. next spring break we'll do another one." I look forward to that part. Yeah, it's and pretty cool. And time's fleeting. You know, like, you, there, I know I'm young in this process with the kids, but I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm not young as a man. I'm 41, and, and I can look back on my life. Hair. and there's, I do, several, <laughs> um, and you can count them still. But I look back on my life, and I go, where, where did the time go? Yeah. And, and I think it's important to, when you have the, 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 in, the instinct says, we should do this, don't override that for some pedantic reason because... You know, like, oh, well, you know, school's valuable. It's like, nah, you're going to regret not doing it. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, there's so many. I mean, I think, David, you said it really, really well in terms of just having an intention, having a purpose. It's not just that you want to skip school. It's because you have something in mind and there's a purpose to it and there's a family element and there's a a, a piece to it. that. And if you if you keep that in mind and keep that front and center, I think I think Jake would agree with this. Right. Because it's a whole about all about intentionality and what you're doing and how what you're living in terms of purpose. Um, I think, you know, that's, you, you can't, you won't regret those decisions. I mean, like in terms of living through a few years and looking back and saying, gosh, I, I wish I had taken more time because it sounds like you're making that time work for your family and you guys have made a conscious decision about how to, you know, how to sort of execute on that. So. Nobody, you know, there's that old adage that says nobody, nobody lies in their deathbed saying, I wish I'd spent more time at work. And I think that, that similarly, no, no kid's going to grow up saying, geez, I wish I hadn't gone to London with my parents and I, I would have stayed home and studied for that, that math test to get six more points. Yeah. Um, I, I would, I wanted to touch on something that crossed my mind earlier about the, like when you're traveling and you're distracted, I think that we've, we've covered the work area enough where like you're kind of glued to your email instead of being present on the beach or whatever, but also the the idea that you have some regimented structure in mind like we're going to go to the beach and we're going to have a good time and like you can get so absorbed in the beach or the baseball game or whatever that you miss spending time with your children along the way and pointing out things and educating them and that in and of itself can be a an upheaval if if the parents are driving the ship such that they miss the the process involved of bringing the family along and experiencing new new things uh, I, I want to make sure that we're encouraging folks as they're as they're planning these trips to enjoy and sink into the process and not just be so consumed with the the outcome, I guess, or checking the boxes. Well, yeah, I mean, so that it make sure that it's Instagram worthy and, and Facebook worthy and you have to document everything. So on my tips that I wrote preparing for this conversation, thinking what are the things that have helped me travel and travel well and really enjoy my time? 
and that's a great segue into my second point is focus on the kids or at least view things from their perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially when we travel, it's, we are sun up to sundown people. It's, we need vacation from our vacation. We need, you're on the go. And it's always with them in mind now. Um, Specifically, like we are having this debate one time in some interesting country that we're going to a museum and I'm like, the kids have no interest in museum. They're like four or five. Like this is going to just, this is going to be rough on all of us. <laughs> but you know what they would really like to go see the castle that's down the street or go see this old church. Like, because we're looking at something amazing from our perspective. And now the kids are looking at castle or ruins or rock, right? Ruins. <laughs> but they see a rock and they think it's the greatest thing in the world. Right. You're right. not going to see too many rocks at the museum. And taking things a step back and saying, would the kids actually enjoy doing what we're about to do? Um, taking it from their perspective and then also their perspective of, have they eaten enough? Yeah. Have they Are had they enough bathroom breaks? Because when I'm hungry, sunblock. I'll stop and get food. Actually, I don't get hungry. When my wife is hungry, we stop and get food. Right. right? I'll go all day. The rest of my family will get kind of hangry. <laughs> but if we th- think about the kids, they don't have a choice. Yeah. They only eat when we stop, right? Yeah. So we started to slow down and think, all right, let's get them some food because mm. it also allows us time to evaluate our yeah. situation, our schedule, everything we want to yeah. do, reassess what the schedule looks like. and Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what you put out on your new thing, your new article. When is that going to come? You, I don't know. Probably sometime this week. Okay. Um, yeah. So if you're hearing it, it's probably already up. Um, but the uh, yeah, to piggyback off that point, I think it's it's important to see the world through children's eyes, which is, which is challenging for us as adults. But I'm not kidding you today. So Elijah's four now, and I want to say this was two and a half years ago. So he was probably 20 months old, and he still remembers this um, – the de-ice machine spraying the plane <laughs> and every time we get in a plane now he's like is the is the truck with the hose going to come down and spray the plane i'm like how do you remember that but that stuck out to him and that's fascinating to him which is way better than probably anything else you saw yep on wherever you went yep i don't and, even remember which trip it was right and that's <laughs> right. those are the little things you gotta yeah put slow down be in the moment don't yeah. be so consumed with getting to the destination that you missed the journey you got anything else, David, for us? Or you got a couple things you want to make sure oh, we get my out there? List of, you got a long list. list. You got a long so, list. So maybe, you know, maybe you just I'll throw it in the article too. But if you well, have anything that's good, it yeah. also helps that I could sit down with my wife and be like, "All right, you know, um, you know, not to not to brag, we're good at this, right? We have traveled more. enough. Yeah, you practice. Yeah. We have failed enough. You know, we've found yeah. a thousand ways not to vacation." Right, until we now found the one way to vacation. I to... want that article. That needs to be titled <laughs> yeah, an article. A thousand yeah. ways not to vacation. Yeah. Oh, it would be bad. <laughs> you know, because we've been... But instructive. ...in crazy situations, but we're... I mean, you've known me for, what, now 20 years? Yeah. I'm pretty easygoing and relaxed, and I think that helps a lot. Yeah. If you have at least a, one personality that could balance that. But um, back to my tips so that's what's helped us develop our our um approach um also think about details in advance certain details you need to know rental car right make sure your rental car is not just big enough for five people but could hold enough luggage 
for five people, even if it's from the airport to your hotel, right? You have to be able to get it there. I've things you don't think about seen yeah. too many times where someone gets that car that doesn't fit all their luggage because they got five people in the car or whatever. And then they got five suitcases and the car now only holds two little things like that will not only cause so much conflict in your world, but it will just ruin everything. Cause now you got to pay more for your upgrade to the escalate or something, you know, <laughs> something that fits right to your, and it's things like that, um, extra food, extra clothes, always thinking, um, we have all kinds of little tricks. We travel with our, um, kid toddler seat for the back seat. The, uh, what are they called? The booster, the booster, seat. booster seats. That's what yeah. they're, other people might call them. Um, <laughs> anyways, but you travel and it gets its own suitcase. This is my favorite tip of all time, right? It doesn't count towards your luggage and it doesn't mm-hmm. count towards your weight. We pack that thing with so much food and snacks that no matter where we're at, we have fig bars for days. Right. So <laughs> we just throw seat. in fig bar. Yeah. After we open the, the booster seat suitcase, you know, we got all the food we'll ever need for those kids for that week. And it, it's just one of those little things. It's those details because food is always in, in my family. Food is the well, common denominator. In particular. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the boys are now. Yeah. Boise a lot. But yeah, it's those kind of things. Hotel size, you know, little things to make sure that your family has enough space, that you're planning properly. Four people using one shower, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's going to add time. So you can't just wake up at eight o'clock and expect to be out the door by like 830. Yeah. Well, we've taken cruises too. We've actually been on, uh, I don't know if you guys have tried this yet, but have you been on a cruise, David? funny you mentioned that no i have not okay uh, we're in the middle of planning one well so we did i I will recommend this i mean i mean this is unsolicited here i mean uh disney cruise like it is seriously epic for the kids and as a result for the parents Ah. so amazing but i will tell you this we lived in a tiny i mean what amounts to a tiny stateroom with essentially one bed and then two little bunk bed things and one little bathroom and you're but like let me just tell you you're like never in the room right and and like the kids are so engaged on a ship like that that like you literally drop them off and they play all day they have a blast and then they don't want to come back like it is seriously like the one of the best vacations two of the best vacations we've ever taken were on the Disney cruise and we did one in Europe we did one in the Caribbean I think we actually did two in the Caribbean but in any case it was just like your hotel moves you get off the you know off the boat and we could go wherever we wanted it was just awesome what age what age are you recommending that um, you know, my kids still ask for it. So they're teenagers and they still would like to go. And we took them when they were, I, I think Nate was eight years old and Eleanor might have been 10 the first time. The fact that you brought this up in this podcast and my wife will probably listen to this podcast. I'm so screwed. <laughs> I'm sorry. Man. We're lit- we literally just fought about this because. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry. Trying to plan one at the very end of baseball season. And if you couldn't tell, if I'm crazy enough to take my kids out of school for a baseball tournament. We're sure not going on a Disney cruise in the middle of the postseason. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help you with that one, so, David. I'm it's sorry. It's not going well. I'm sorry, but Because uh, everything you said is absolutely true about what, everything we've heard about yeah. Disney cruises in particular yeah. is they're just phenomenal it's an, it's, it's an amazing experience. I mean, we I, I can tell you all, all about that sometime, but it was just... Offline, I mean, please. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was super fun. Um, yeah, I, I would... I would I, Again, I, I'm really fortunate that we were able to do that a couple of times with the kids. It was just great. 
And then, oh, before we wrap it up really quick, the other one was Know Your Kids. Um, I don't even know my kids. In the One of my favorite things in the agency, in the CIA, that we uh, – I don't even know if this is politically correct, but it's me, so I'm just going to go for it. You don't get better looking when you live overseas, right? So it's talking about the guy who all of a sudden could land a, a 10-rated lady when you're overseas. Hmm. And we're always vigilant about potential spies, right? So it's managing your expectations. It's like you got to know yourself. If you couldn't, if you weren't scoring a ten in America, you're probably not scoring one overseas, unless she knows that you're a unless she knows, she's trying know. to. So it goes back to knowing your kids a little bit. They don't change when you travel. Ah, right. If your kids can't walk eight hours at a time like going to disneyland they can't walk eight hours at a time before they get to disneyland they're sure as hell not going to be able to do it at disneyland your kids don't change you don't change just because your environment changes in fact you probably get less all right you Mm -hmm. are less able to do eight hours stimulus overload and yeah you know so know your kids know what their limitations are they are I'd love to say they're going to surprise you and knock it out of the park, but you're setting yourself up for failure if you start planning things that's beyond your kids' abilities and limitations. And that's also one of the big tips that we had to think about because traveling with young ones, you tend to think, oh, they could do that, they could do that, they could do that, and then you're finding out, mm, probably They can't not. base jump after all. <laughs> hmm. My little one might be able to. <laughs> My older <laughs> one definitely not. Yeah. yeah. And then have confidence. Um, that's one thing I see every week I travel. Uh, and I travel to LA, so I'm getting all the parents who are going to Disneyland. They don't have the confidence to know that they're doing all right. Right? It's the, and not to trash the people who hand out candy and stuff to everybody on the plane, but. Have confidence in your family. Have confidence in what you're doing. You're probably a good parent because you're there with your kids anyways, right? No one's challenging that. I know people get frustrated when their kids cry, you know, and they get, like, embarrassed or they feel like they're losing control. But it happens to all of us. It's happened to everybody. Everybody. Yeah. like We've everybody all been on that, that family. Every... All those people who are staring at you, they're just hypocrites because it happened to them. I'm yeah. nodding. You can't see that because it's another visual gig gag for uh, audio but but i'm nodding and my, i'm like my agreement i'm not one to turn away candy <laughs> but i always let them know i'm like you guys are doing fine like if they're crying that's everybody else's problem not except kids I, I'd, I'd rather them just buy me a drink thanks hmm. who's handing out the candy your parents are handing out the candy i've had it kids? happen like no the or parents hand out the candy or the little plan? packets to the people just in the vicinity of them oh. who are going to be directly affected by a they're, crying oh. baby and i always feel like just grabbing them and say dude you guys Dude, have confidence liquor. in what you're doing. You're doing <laughs> yeah, fine. Don't said, worry about us. If I have a problem yeah. with your baby crying, that's, that's my a problem. Issue. Yeah, I need to tolerate my own distress. Just have about confidence. It. Parents, if they had more confidence, I think they'll have more relaxed. Yeah, and, I like that. I like um, that. I mean, I had, I, I, I probably wouldn't have thought of it quite in some, quite the same way. I didn't either. That's a very good point. Now I've got all sorts of wheels turning in different aspects. We yeah. Well, if you think about it, now. when you don't have confidence in something, you probably start making all kinds of mistakes. Absolutely. Right? Second-guessing everything. Start doing things you wouldn't normally do. But when you have confidence, you stick to your game plan. You mm-hmm. stick to what you know. You do what you do. and You don't have to apologize in advance for the thing that may never happen. Exactly. Yeah. And, it, and 
people who are more emotional, I could see it affects them more. And I mean, there's been times on the plane, I'm like, just let me take your kid. <laughs> you need a you need a break. Clearly, I don't mind the kid crying. I'm I don't think give you candy. <laughs> I, I don't think I could do this better than you. I just know that you need a break, and I I've can seen, handle I've this. I've seen for a few uh, flight attendants do that from time to time. It's pretty cool, actually. Like, mm. let me let me carry the baby around, and like they walk up and down the uh, the aisle of the plane, and the baby serves kind of soothes, you know, whatever. It's funny. I've seen that happen on a couple of flights. But yeah. I mean, that's all I got. They're yeah. just little things that I think if people think about, yeah, a little bit. M- like take a more um, active approach to their mental state. I think you would speak better to this, Jake, but their mental state when they're on vacation to remove their things that trigger them. Just be aware of yourself. Just be, just know yourself. I mean, yeah. just, just know what triggers you know when you're in a state of panic or whatever, and then uh, work through it and don't act out of that spot, act out of place of reason. Uh, and you don't, you don't become victim to your impulses. Yeah. Well, all right, boys, thanks for coming in. Good, good conversation. As always. As always. Don't be a stranger. Come on in another time. I want, I want, Don't I'm, get any stranger than we are. Yeah, you, you guys are pretty strange. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll see you again on the next episode. You've been listening to the Reno Dads podcast on renodads.com. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. Stop by renodads.com and click on Contact Us and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear on our show. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at RenoDads. And subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you'll join us here for our next episode, and we'll see you online at RenoDads.com.